Blog Talk Radio.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you've done. You have been a blessing. Lord, you said you would bless us and we would be a blessing. So we love on you today, thanking you for this time. Thank you for what you've done. Lord, hopefully we've been a blessing to somebody to help them make it through their midnight hour. When the towers have fallen, Lord, we thank you that maybe we've been a little light in the dark times. We love on you, God, and we bless everybody out there. We bless their children and their households. We bless them right now in Jesus' name. Bless them with health, prosperity. We bless them with kindness. Bless them with love, forgiveness. Lord, we bless you because you're good. There's none like you. We love on you today. Lord, these are your children. We're your servants. We love you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. been for you, we would not be here. We open our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength in our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life eternal life God we pray oh God today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you Lord bind the hand of the devil God rebuke the hand of the enemy Lord God let your anointing that resonates in this place even now God let there be an outpouring on your people 
We need you, God, to take us to another level in you, Lord. God, we're faced with demonic forces, God. Evil spirits have come up against us, Lord, and we need to be fortified with your power. God, we can't make it on our own strength, God. We don't have enough to stand on, Lord. But we know, God, that your joy is our strength. Fill us up on today in the name of Jesus. Somebody have come this morning burdened down, God, with the issues of life, God. Somebody, God, is in the battle of their life. Somebody's God, fighting in their mind and in their spirit, Lord, where the devil have come in to war against them, Lord. But we thank you, God, because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world, God. We know, God, that you are a deliverer, Lord, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you're no short of your promise, Lord, and you're able to deliver us, Lord. Touch us on today, Lord. We need you like never before. Fill us up with the Holy Ghost, God, and give us a refilling, Lord, that when we leave here today, Lord, huh? we can leave with your anointing, Lord, huh? that as we meet men and women, boys and girls, huh? they might be converted to know who you are, Lord. Huh? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Huh? We thank you because you are a healer. Huh? You're the God that healeth thee, huh? and healing is in your wings, huh? and you're able to touch our feeble bodies. Huh? You're able to save our troubled souls, huh? and in the name of Jesus, huh? bind every demon, Lord, huh? every demonic force, Lord. Huh? God, that comes to keep us in the same place, Lord. We're willing, God, to surrender and say yes to your will, Lord. We're willing to turn our lives, God, over into your hands, Lord, because we come to the place, God, where we realize like never before, we need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find, God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're looking to you. Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth up and give the Lord some praise. Acts 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, 
as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together, and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites, and the dwellers in Mesopotamia, and in Judea and Cappadocia, in Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, in Egypt, and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed, and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved.
You're not a believer. You don't believe Jesus can heal you. Chris, you take that pill, <laughs> just confirms everything the enemy said about you. So for three months, I looked at that pill, and that would go in my head, and I'd just put it away. 
and I would pray, God, help me. I need breakthrough. I would talk to my two accountability partners, and they would pray for me. And it wasn't until I was like just killing myself with my shame (laughs) that I saw Jesus come in in a vision, take the pill bottle, said, just take one. This isn't forever. Pastor Chris, thank you so much for coming back. Oh, it's good to be back, man. I love this. We are extremely grateful that, you know, you share your first testimony with us, your salvation testimony. And uh, it was an honor to record you the first time. It's an honor to record you the second time. Yeah. For the people who didn't tune in to your first video, which was your testimony, can you yeah. just share very briefly what your testimony of Jesus is? Yeah, just real briefly. I, I um, got saved, I believe, when I was in second grade. Um, and was in a family where my father wasn't saved. My father had a drinking problem. And, um, you know, we uh, basically prayed him in the kingdom. In high school, my father, uh, I guess, fell away from the Lord, and they had a divorce. And I just started to act up, hang out with the wrong crowd, do the wrong thing. And basically, at a, on the eve of a night that I was saying yes to taking drugs, because I've never taken drugs, having sex with a young lady, getting drunk. On the eve of that party, I got a phone call and an invitation to go out to a revival service at my old church and went with not too much expectation and had this extreme encounter with the Lord where I fell out in the Holy Spirit. I flew, you know, flew back like six feet <laughs> um, and I was on the floor and, and I felt rivers of living water just like washing me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Uh, that was the first time in, in almost maybe 10 years that I cried my eyes out, like just boo-hooed. And I heard the Lord audibly just tell me, what do you want? I just told him, I was like, I want my father to come back home and I want my all my street friends to get saved. And Getting up from there, I I, um, got involved in church, became a youth leader, then a youth pastor, and was able to see uh, the same type of movement with young people that are coming from extreme, very tragic uh, upbringings and stuff, and God just healing them of that like he did me. And um, about 10, 12 years ago, I rocked my mother and father down the aisle. They remarried after years of divorce. And uh, we were able to see all my friends get saved. So for me, I've been pursuing revival. I am a revivalist. I love revival history. Um, I want to see a church that is awakened, um, that is more apostolic in nature, that's sending, you know, people's, you know, uh, discipling people, uh, healing people, whether it's physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, whatever it is. And so that's been my pursuit now for 20, almost 28 years going after God wow. in this thing uh, of his presence and, 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 and have been seeing a lot of amazing things in the body of Christ as I've gotten older, been seeing a lot of things that I've been nervous about as well. Mm. So, Wow. It's amazing. Thank you so much for just giving us the brief, yeah. a brief testimony. Check out the video. <laughs> yes. For anybody who wants to check out the full version, um, the link will be at the bottom and somewhere in your screen. So make sure you check out the full testimony on our channel. Now, Pastor, you have another testimony that's very dear to your heart that you want to share with the people today. Absolutely. Um, what is that testimony that you would like to share? If you could just actually start from, from yeah. wherever you want to start. I, I do have a, a testimony of overcoming mental illness, uh, I believe, in my life. 
uh, I believe, breaking a generational curse in my family. But this has become something very sensitive to me because I feel like the body of Christ, for lack of understanding, has said some things that might deter pastors and leaders of ministries, of churches, to not want to be so open and speaking about what might be going on. And so for me, especially in the state of the church in the last six years, I believe, we've seen a rise of pastors committing suicide, mm. something that I don't believe we've ever seen before. But a lot of it is because of the pressure of not being able to be a, have a public uh, ministry or being behind the pulpit and, and, and making sure that we're okay for the people that we're ministering to, yeah. we become isolated. And, and, and so I think, you know, for me, I, I want to be very transparent. I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I'm using my life. And I feel like if I could use my life as a testimony, maybe we can actually start having the right conversations and the right accountability for pastors and leaders and, and anybody that is struggling with uh, depression, mental illness, who's been either diagnosed bipolar um, you know, schizophrenic, uh, you know, with anxiety or panic attacks or all that stuff that's on the rise right now. Um, there are some concerns that I have in some of our wording, especially because social media has become where, in a sense, we can throw out our our little responses and our little uh, things, and really there's no accountability, you know. But I think we're doing more, we're hurting people that are actually going through this and are actually um, – just a little fearful of what people might say and what their congregation might say. So I said, you know, I, I, I have no problem being vulnerable and, and, and being transparent with my life. Yeah. Uh, for me, everything that I have in my life is to Jesus Come on. Uh, and his testimony and my breakthroughs. And, and in, even in my weakness, I, you know, I feel his strength. All that goes to him. So I just wanted to share just a little bit about what, what's, what's happening uh, with me. And, and, and what's been going on as far as some breakthroughs and then some setbacks. I want to be real, real transparent. But the hope of Jesus, the hope of his glory, continuing to go after revival. You know, there's a, there's a lot of components here. But I, I do want to talk about some stuff just because as, as a pastor who did privately suffer with depression, uh, did privately suffer with anxiety, uh, I never brought anybody into it until it was too late. And so for me, I think we, we need to have the conversation. And hopefully this testimony of what God's done for me and what God is continuing to do for me, because it's continual, uh, will we'll spark some conversations or even some compassion and maybe second-guessing why people do what they do when they're in desperate situations. Yeah. So let me just start off with this. So So – my grandfather, who I loved, um, committed suicide, and uh, apparently his father, great-grandfather, all were mentally ill, died either from suicide or in a, in a psych ward. So there was a generational curse on the Patrat name. <laughs> you know, in that, my father was born, came to the United States, hard worker, met my mom, my mom just coming from a very traumatic experience herself, uh, being institu institutional, institutionalized because my grandmother came to the United States, left my mom, who was like 18 years old. My mother got depressed because she missed her mom, and her family put her in a you know, psych ward where she received shock therapy. Wow. 
Uh, pretty intense stuff. She obviously got out of there, and they sent her to the United States to be with her mother. That's where she met my dad at a Peruvian club uh, that my dad and my uncle were running in Seven Corners, Virginia. And they had me. <laughs> uh, you know, I was a, a, a honeymoon baby. <laughs> and through that whole thing, growing up, my father had an alcoholic, you know, had, you know he was an alcoholic. He, ga he gambled compulsively. My mother had a drinking problem, you know, and and so them growing up with with this, you know, with a bunch of tragic stuff that happened, you know, there was I, you know, and, and I and I remember as a young kid, if my father didn't get home by five o'clock, I knew that he was going to go out drinking and I knew that he was going to go out drinking and I used to get nervous and I used to eat you know, for no reason, go to the refrigerator, just put something in my mouth. I used to hide food. Um, I remember I used to go to sleep clenching my teeth because if he opened the door, I knew he was drunk. And my dad was not a violent drunk. He was not anything, but he was um, sappy. Either he would be crying or trying to hug my mom. My mom would be irritated that he's drunk. And, you know, my mom is this typical Spanish woman. She's very strong and, you know, she could hold her own. And there was always that fear inside of me. So to me, nighttime was never a time to relax, was a time to pray to God that, one, my dad, nothing bad happened to him and that there would be peace in the house. And so there was a lot of times that we were very, um, uh, I was very stressed as a, as a kid. And so growing up, getting saved and, and coming to Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit and going to deliverance and going to inner healing and sozo, and he, uh, there's another one in there, uh, Christian counseling or whatever therapy, um, you know, I, I did those things as I started to, you know, start to see that some things were off in my thinking, thinking there's something wrong with me. And I would go to all those things and be set free and blah, blah, blah. I'm going after God and I'm going, you know, I'm seeing kids get saved and the presence of God is happening, baptizing a whole generation, marking him. And so you see all of that stuff. And, 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 and there's sometimes you're just assuming as you're doing God's work that you don't, you're, you're healed from this stuff. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I got married to a woman of my dreams. We uh, had our first child. And uh, that was the first year I became youth pastor. So I went from youth leader to youth pastor. And one night, taking care of Josiah, watching a, a show with my friends, felt like I was going to have a heart attack. And I was so scared. I started yelling at my wife. I got to go to the hospital. My friends were trying to calm me down. I, couldn't, I did not. No one could convince me that I was not having a heart attack. Went to the emergency room. They immediately did an EKG, and my heart test came back fine. I said, what is this? Now, the first time that I'm entering a season of anxiety and panic attacks. In one year, I went to the emergency room seven times. Wow. I was just so scared. And there was this fear of death. And so it was like it was this machine in me because our youth group was growing. Our ministry was growing. Kids were getting touched. It was everything I wanted to see in youth ministry. And here I am. I'm going home and I'm being tortured. That's what I felt like. I'm just being tortured, fighting. And it wasn't like, I didn't feel like a demonic thing. I felt like I knew it was me in my head, and I knew I was fighting stuff. And, yeah, some of that was, you know, warfare. Absolutely, you know. I, I, I tell people all the time, you want to build revival? You're building the messiest thing in church right now. And you better have clean hands and a pure heart if you're going to do it, or you're just going to burn up. You know, I, I really do because of the intense warfare. And it could have been that, but I just felt like I was fighting this thing. And then it, my mind would go 100 miles an hour and I would start having panic attacks. And it was so embarrassing. 
so embarrassing because I thought I was better than that. You know, Christ was the solid rock I stood on. I had all these things, and I, and I was never offended at God. I was offended with me because it can't be God's fault. It has to be my fault. And so I started to lean into my own understanding because I was doing it alone. And I didn't want to tell people because I was embarrassed that people would, would say, well, where's your faith? Or, where, or, 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 or do you believe? Or, or, or go, go here. And so I started to do everything I could to get this stuff dealt with. I finally went to Christian counseling. Um, and um, I believe, and I did some sozos and inner healing stuff. I, tra- you know, I traveled to South Carolina or North Carolina to a church, and, and they did uh, a sozo ministry. It was really amazing. And as I started to do all this, I started to realize that my trauma as a kid growing up in my household, a lot of that trauma, a lot of that fear, a lot of that, I hope dad's safe and going to sleep with your, you know, you know, clenching your teeth and feeling like all the only thing that made you feel better was just to eat, (laughs) you know, all that needed to be dealt with. I never dealt with that trauma, that pain. I forgave my parents. I had a great relationship with my mother. I had a great relationship with my father, but I still had this, this thing inside of me that the, that the child Chris inside of me needed that healing. And so, man, I just started to go get therapy and and that therapy said, this is just a season. And sure enough, after a year and a half, stuff started to dissipate as I started to get healthier, as I started to deal with stuff, stuff, as I started to really forgive people that, 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 that really did some, some things against me, spoke against me, like family, you know, forgave my dad for the traumas of watching him drunk, you know, stuff like that. And I, and I started to see, okay, I can enjoy life. My, 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 me having a panic attack was the way my body was saying, Chris, you're not going to enjoy the new things in life like your son, like this job, because you haven't even dealt with your past stuff. And that's ultimately what happened. So as I was doing that, you know, I started to, again, get involved in ministry and the machine of ministry. And I started to be involved in ministries with and see, you know, you, 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 when you're a pastor, you see the good, the bad, the ugly of church. Not the church, not the bride of Christ. I'm talking about the system. <laughs> you see the good, the bad, the ugly. And there were things that I enabled by keeping my mouth shut that I was responsible for. There's things that I made mistakes in that I was responsible for. There were things that... I, I, you know, knowing too many people's stuff and holding it dear to your heart and not knowing how to give it to God and live your life, I started to do some things again that I had no idea. And, and this is all successful ministry. People are getting set free. People are getting uh, saved. People are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're teaching them how to prophesy and you're activating them and you're doing all this amazing stuff. But again, I started to learn that I started to just hold on to stuff and I couldn't, I didn't know how to leave it at work and still come home and be excited to be a husband to my wife and be excited to be a father to my four kids. And again, five years ago, I have a mental breakdown. I just, I can't believe it. I shut down. I have depression on Mondays. I didn't get out of my bed till 6 p.m., I was exhausted mentally. I was emotionally fried. I felt like I had nothing to offer. I was insecure. And, and again, you're, you're, you're seeing all this amazing stuff. You're going to a great church. You're seeing 
just crazy amount of just gossip. <laughs> You're seeing, you know, everywhere you go, because I, I traveled a lot, so it wasn't just my church, but I would go to a bunch of churches. You went to the green room at some of these conferences that people would kill to be a part of, and you just basically entered a room for full of a, a gossip fest. And so it was like, no, I didn't want to know all this stuff. I didn't want to know who was getting divorced and who cheated on who and, and all this other stuff. This is, this is ministry. Like, when do we protect each other's, you know, <laughs> each other's uh, nakedness in a sense? And so I was just kind of like in this world that I've been praying to be a part of, not for any selfish gain, but because I knew the kingdom would spread. And then you're part of this whole ministry ball <laughs> and you're with the who's who's and you know them and they know you and their friends and they're texting and paging. And then all of a sudden you just start to see that, oh, wow, this is kind of poisonous. So I started to retreat, and I started wanting to come back to some of my roots, uh, some of my Pentecostal roots, man, that I left, you know, <laughs> some of my speaking in tongues and praying all night and, and getting excited about holiness and, and, you know, knowing what grace really is. And it's not greasy. It's supposed to lead us to holiness. It's, it's supposed to work together. It's not one or the other. We started to, there started to be movements where w people were like, we're New Testament and, you know, you guys are Old Testament. And, and then Christians calling each other religious when they didn't want to just, you know, um, submit to each other's truths. You know what I'm saying? And, and so all of this stuff just started to happen. And I, and, I, and I started to feel like, you know what, man? I feel like, I, have you seen the movie, The Matrix? <laughs> I feel like I was like, yo, I'm in the ministry matrix right now mm. where everyone smiles in your face, but they're miserable. And all of a sudden that first pastor killed himself and it wrecked my life. I said, Lord, how can a pastor do that. How? What is this about? What are we building? What's going on? And so in the same story, no one knew that they were going through that or they did know and they didn't really intervene. And, and we're talking about pastors of big churches. We're not talking about small little churches in, in you know, podunk towns or whatever. We're talking about established multi-member churches, you know, and I started to realize, what are we doing, church? What are we doing? We attack each other in election year on social media, and I'm guilty of it too. But all we ever do is, is set up very sterile conversations where there's no accountability to win your brother or your sister over. And I started to feel the anxiety again. Then COVID happens. Boom. We got a quarantine. And now, more than ever, young people that had their lives completely turned upside down are depressed, suicidal, with anxiety, bipolar, all this stuff. Now they're being given pills. Now they've been doing this. And then all of a sudden I start to see, well, if you take a pill... You're not believing God because that's a drug and that's altering your mood. Well, I want to tell you guys something. I am a revivalist that loves the presence of God and I take a pill. Because my family apparently was born with our chemical balances not, not leveled. And that scares me to say that because I know I'm going to be judged. But you don't understand it's just a pill. 
We can't rely on that pill. Jesus can heal me. But until that happens, I do test. I'm with a psychiatrist. I do have an antidepressant because I'm a feeler. And sometimes I go off into my feelings and I'm trying to learn how to do that and, and still be a husband and still be a father. And all of a sudden people are telling me, oh, you got to get rid of that pill. You don't understand. I've done everything. And I believe it. I believe God's going to heal me of it. But can we be a little sensitive to some people that don't have those, that same faith? That might, be, that, that might be the only thing that gets them to that next stage to set up for their miracle. Like God can't use medicine. Do we not put radiation and, 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 and chemotherapy in our bodies if we have cancer? Those medicines alone could kill you. And they actually do kill some people that have cancer. You know what I'm saying? I had a couple of my friends that, that actually killed the cancer, but it ended up killing them because it destroyed their immune system. Are we going to judge those people that are trying to live? Again, I'm not saying that you should just take medicine and that's your only belief and you should be numb. No, no, no. You're over-medicated. That's not good. I'm not advocating for that. But I know some people that need a little something just to get that edge off until the Lord can come and heal them. There's times I don't take my medicine to see if I'm okay. But you know, I looked, when I first got prescribed an antidepressant for three months, it was on my dresser and I looked at it every morning and said, I have the victory. I'm going to beat this thing. And then it was, I'm so scared if I take this and my friends find out they're not going to think I'm a revivalist. They're not going to say, they're going to say my faith is small. My faith is weak. And I started to really, really toil with this. Finally, the only thing I could settle on, I'm taking this medicine because I need to not let my kids see me depressed. It's the wrong message to be building the church, preaching your messages, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, mentoring the next voices that are going to take us to another level uh, in, in the church realm. And then the next day, you have nothing. You're exhausted. You're depressed. And you don't know what to do. And you feel shame and you feel guilt. But you know what, man? I had a vision. After those three months, the Lord came in my room and he gave me the pill to take. And he said, I'm going to heal you, but you also got to know I use doctors. And the Lord tells me, Luke <laughs> was a doctor and he was one of his disciples and he worked in medicine. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And here I am feeling guilty. And then all of a sudden I started to say, man, what if my testimony could help other pastors, other leaders, other church members that are embarrassed to take this? And yes, Jesus does work. And yes, going to the gym does work. But some other people have been born with really unbalanced stuff. And it's not like Jesus can't do it. Hey, I'm still going to deliverance, guys. I'm still going to inner healing. I still believe. But you know what? I think it's very damaging to people that still need to take some medicine. And some of my dearest friends in ministry do. But they will never say anything to anybody because they don't want to be persecuted. And I think that's wrong. I think we got to be a little more sensitive to people in this. Because if you're going to have the conversation about mental illness, you got to be open to some saint saying they need to take this. And even if they're wrong, 
have a connection with them to show them and pray with them and, and fast with them for, for their healing. Just don't give them a pointy finger and say, you don't believe. Because we're going to damage a lot more people. And guess what? A lot more people are going to commit suicide and hurt themselves because they don't want, they don't want to be ridiculed because they're taking a little pill. Mm-hmm. So here it is, my testimony. I'm doing way better. I'm doing good. There are seasons I take a meth pill. There are seasons I don't just to see if I got healed. <laughs> and if I'm not, and if I'm still struggling, then I'll get back on it. I'm, look, I'm with a, a, you know, a Christian psychiatrist. You know, I have a therapist. But I need those things to be able to bounce out because my issue is I take so much in. I mean, you know, I, I'm a feeler. You know, when, when George Floyd died and that whole thing, I didn't go to sleep for a week. I was interceding that we would understand as a church and have compassion. It's just the way I'm built. And a lot of people are built like that. A lot of intercessors are built like that. But we've got to stop judging those people by thinking they don't have faith. See, you could do that to me because I know my journey. And I'm confident in what Christ has done for me. And I'm confident that he's going to heal me. I broke that curse. There's no more suicide in my family. There's not. And the devil has tried to attack my family with it. It's not happening. We're going to choose life, and we're going to choose life abundantly, and we're going to spread his kingdom, and we're going to persevere and have grit. Even when we feel weak, he will strengthen us. But I want to encourage you guys, please reach out to uh, reach out to myself. My information will be out. I would love to pray for you guys. I would love to encourage you guys. You know, there's many paths in this, but if we want to actually have the one-step deliverance program <laughs> that Jesus had with legions, then we need to have a little compassion in our heart. And, and, and we also need to understand that there's many avenues that Jesus can do, just like Jesus does when we're battling cancer, when we're battling illness, and all this other stuff. There's certain things that Jesus can use. Now, on the flip side, if your faith is in a pill and you're a believer, that's wrong. That is wrong. It is a drug. (laughs) And if you're feeling numb and you don't feel life at all because you're taking medicine, please talk to your psychiatrist. That's not right. God did not create you to be numb from pain. He's given us victory over pain. He's given us victory over wounds. And so I just want to let you know, as I'm battling this, I'm being very vulnerable, very transparent, but I'm going to eliminate some things in my life that I feel that God's asking me to lay down. And so one of the things I'm going to tell you guys is I... I'm going to do everything I can not to be addicted to this anymore. And I am actually, for a season or forever, don't know, I'm, pro- I'm going to lay down my personal Facebook and Instagram. I'm not going to be in that world anymore. It's not real. And for me, it does more damage for myself than good, especially when national things come up. Everybody has something to say. Everybody wants to fight. And the sad thing about it is I got 5,000 friends in Facebook. The majority of my friends that are fighting aren't the ones I went to high school with that don't know the Lord. It's actually the church, and it's wrong. I just can't see it anymore. So I'm laying that out. I want to spend more time writing. 
uh, with my wife. I want to spend more time being active, uh, getting healthier. But I really feel like the next move of God uh, or the next fast is going to be fasting from cell phones because this right here has completely uh, been a tool to addict all generations that have them. You, you, you ought to look at your screen time from week to week. I looked at mine, and I am honestly embarrassed by what I saw. And so this is my video to say, hey, let's have the conversation. <laughs> Mental illness is here. And guess what? It's more prevalent now for the younger generation and for some of us older people too, because some of us have been quarantining in unsafe homes. Fights in school are on the rise. <laughs> Bipolar is on the rise. Panic is on the rise. Anxiety is on the rise. Depression is on the rise. And I'm telling you, church, if you want to have a heart for this generation, if you want authority, you've got to actually hear the story like Jesus did many times before he healed people. And you've got to feel what they're going through. You don't know what it's like. And as a pastor who goes after revivalists for 20, almost 28 years, I am not offended by that movement. And it's been tough. And I've lost a lot, but I've gained way more. I'm telling you guys, I take a pill. I'm not telling you to praise me. I'm not telling you to do anything other than just hear my story. Let's start with someone maybe you respect who's out there. But by all means, I'm still going to deliverance. <laughs> I'm still going to inner healing. I still go to Christian therapy. And I still see a psychiatrist to monitor my medicine. I have accountability partners that pray for me. I fast once a week. But I'm telling you right now, my mind is clear. It's not numbed. I feel life's ups and downs like the next one. But I was born maybe to have a little bit of help. And I'm not going to be embarrassed about that anymore. And if you're taking something, you shouldn't be embarrassed by it either. And if your friends that are in the church are going to ridicule you from it, find new friends. Find a circle that's going to encourage you. Not enable you, encourage you, but also love you to tell you the truth about yourself. Because that's what I have, and I'm marching in victory. And so I just wanted to share this story with you guys because it's something that's prevalent. Guys, never in our church history have we had this many leaders in the church commit suicide. There's a problem. And you could sit there and say, well, they never knew God or whatever. You could judge their story. Do that. That's probably really, really insensitive considering that they have children and wives that are picking up the pieces of their family, of their husband's decision. All I'm saying is be a little compassionate. Just like Jesus was compassionate with you, just like his love and kindness led you to repentance. It wasn't the truth about your sinful nature, right? He loved you first, then he spoke to you about the truth, what was a violation in his kingdom and what wasn't, what he saw you as um, in his kingdom and what he doesn't see you as. And he would give you conviction and conviction is a good thing because it leads you to repentance and it leads you to turn away. In fact, you know your legitimate son and daughter when you feel the conviction of the Holy Ghost. And so I just want to let you know something. There is hope. I 
don't really care what people are going to say about me. I'm sure they're going to judge me because, to be honest, I'm off of social media anyway. But if you do want to follow me, follow my church, Generation Center. That's where I'll be posting my spiritual thoughts, my thoughts on what we're going through and using that as an outlet. And, again, I don't know. Maybe this is goodbye Facebook, goodbye Instagram. You know, I'm not going to let you bring anxiety in my life anymore. I'm going to spend more time praying, more time going after the kingdom of God. So just wanted to share that as a testimony. And here it is. I have peace. I have joy. I am excited. But I still got some battle scars. And that's because we're building his kingdom. Mm. Now, I did have some questions. I I, I wanted to go back to that moment when you were uh, looking at that pill and thinking about taking it. Can you just take us into your mind, into what you were actually going through? You touched on it very briefly. Yeah. But just give us a little bit more perspective as to what was going through your body and your mind as as you were experiencing depression and anxiety. How is it attacking you? You mentioned to me at some point you had a hard time getting out of bed. Yes. Can you just give us a little bit yeah, more? Physically, physically, I was exhausted. My mind was exhausted. Sleeping was the best thing that I could think about doing, but I wasn't doing anything. So when I would look at that pill, all of a sudden, I would just self-hate myself. Self-hatred. Chris, you're not the real deal. You're not a son. You're not a revivalist. You preached yesterday and people got touched. People got saved. People got healed. But look at you right now. Chris, you take that pill, you're not a believer. You don't believe Jesus can heal you. Chris, you take that pill, (laughs) just confirms everything the enemy said about you. So for three months, I looked at that pill, and that would go in my head, and I just put it away, and I would pray, God, help me. Help me. I need breakthrough. I would talk to my two accountability partners, and they would pray for me. And it wasn't until I was like, just killing myself with my shame (laughs) that I saw Jesus come in, in a vision, take the pill bottle, said, just take one. This isn't forever. And that was it. And my wife came in the room and said, what if this takes the edge off of you? Chris, you need to think about your kids. They're looking at you. You could do this. And so I did. And guess what? (laughs) It was the wrong pill for me. I had really bad side effects. So I took another pill. That had really bad side effects. I went through five pills until I found the right one. And now people can notice a difference in my temperament, even when I'm going through hard times. So I learned from that. I learned this is what I need to do. I'll pray. I'll go on prayer walks. I'll go to the gym. I'll go swimming. I'll do stuff to kind of relax myself and understand this is actually good for my body's process. And so I'm on a very, very, very low dose, the low dose they could give you. So there is no numbness and there's no addiction to it because I can, I've already taken journeys where I don't take it. I give it three weeks, see where I'm at and just have to be, and it's a humbling process. Yeah. You know, now, now, you you mentioned multiple times as to the fact that you can be in this mindset or in this position, but still have a successful ministry. Now, for 
for people who may not know exactly what's happening here, because we may think sometimes, well, if you're depressed, your ministry can be successful. Um, from your perspective, from a person who has experienced that and has had a successful ministry, what exactly is happening there? How can people have depression and then still have successful ministry? I, I, well, one, one we, we need to understand something, that in the Bible, some of God's most mighty men had depression issues, had anxiety. Elijah, when he escapes to, to the cave after defeating the prophets of Baal, had a full-fledged anxiety attack, right? Um, you know, and people say, well, you're putting too much in the scripture. No, read it. Read it with feelings. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, David, many times, King David, oh, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Why have you handed me over to my enemies? Why do you let them mock me? You know, that's obviously old language, but we say the whole thing. You know, we can say it in our heads, too. So one of the things is, is I learned how to be a machine. You, you learn that you put you, you save your energy for Saturday night service, Sunday morning, when you go to work on Tuesday, you learn how to do that. And after a while, you put on a mask. You know, this is the funniest thing. It's like, you know, we all got upset because we had to wear masks in church or whatever. And I was just thinking, man, I've been wearing a mask in church for years. <laughs> and, the, and people have too because they're miserable, but they're going, you're the pastor. You can't be a – because you know what? You can't be a pastor that just comes in all mopey and – Eeyore like, you know, but I learned this, this, and I, the only way is like, it was like, um, this rhythm, Chris, give everything right now, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you have off Saturday night, you have service Sunday, you have church Monday, you're depressed. And so how can that happen? Happens all the time. You know, the gifts are without repentance. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I had a sin issue, but I had a weakness issue. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and it came from a lot of it came generational stuff that I had to battle and, and, and break. You know what I'm saying? But, do, you know, but going after those things, it's important to, you know, to go after and see your breakthrough. Don't give up on that. But that was that was me. I just learned to say Mondays are my night, my days to self-indulge and self-hatred. So it was basically how I lived for years. Really quick, that would you, you said gifts are without repentance. Are without repentance. Very quickly, what exactly does that we mean? We see it all the time. We see big time. Look, 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 we, this is just me being weak. And even in my weakness, God was my strength. But a lot of people would think that I was going through some sin issue. You know, or whatever. How can you do that? Well, you know, your gifts are without repentance. Like, like this is the reason why we got, you know, closet homosexuals preaching fire, and they they have a sin issue that they're dealing with. You know, that God is, you know, allowing them to still be able to preach and teach, and doesn't last that long. There's no longe longevity in that, but it happens. We see this all the time with worship kid, worship people. You know, um, especially in a lot of worship movements in the past, uh, idolatry and 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 and, and pr promiscuity was was heavy in that. But then they would go and lead this amazing set, and what happens is they would go ahead and be like, "Well, God's still showing up, so maybe my hidden lifestyle isn't as bad as I think." Well, no. That's where destruction comes in. And so, so for me, it, it, it was like it could have very well, very well be, be that I lived that ministry, corporate, church, evangel evangelical machine, and then I just, 
I worked well in rhythm. So I knew, you know, Friday I'd be depressed and Monday I'd be depressed. But Chris, don't let anyone see that. And I just learned to live in that because I was scared of being shamed because I was shaming myself. If you could just give a couple of words to pastors who are watching your testimony right now, who maybe are experiencing what you are experiencing and are not sharing it, what can you say to them? I would say isolation breeds deception. Don't be deceived. We are not meant to walk alone in our walk of faith with Christ. We are meant to be in communities that are going to support us and love us. One thing you need to know is you're not alone, you're not crazy, and you're not an orphan. Jesus loves you. Jesus intercedes on behalf of your faith like he did for Peter, that you won't give up. And no matter what people say, the only person that really matters is what your family and what you know the Lord is saying over you. You got to, as a public minister or having some sort of congregation or influence over a crowd, you can't live on their criticisms or even on their blessings. You have to be secure enough to bring what is hidden to light. And that's where you'll start to feel hope. That's where you'll start to feel encouragement. And that's where you'll start to know that you're not alone. And some of the things you're going through might not be generational curses like what I'm breaking in my life. You know what I'm saying? What my kids are breaking. Uh, for you, it might be you just said yes to Jesus, and there's an onslaught of warfare because the enemy doesn't want you to achieve your goals for the kingdom. Whatever it is, bring it to light. Bring it to people that you trust. If you trust no one, then message me. <laughs> That's all I could tell you. I've already been ministering to so many pastors that are going through this whole thing. And we could set you in the right direction. Go to some Christian counseling. Invest in your spiritual man just like you invest in your physical man. You pay for a gym membership. You go to the gym to benefit from that. And your body benefits being healthier. We got to be better mind, body, and spirit. So my encouragement is find someone or look. (laughs) look, uh, Maybe they're around you. Maybe they're not. Whatever it is. Find people that are encouraging you, that are going to help you and understand and not judge you and also protect your nakedness. Beautiful. For the youth that are watching um, or or even people who are not leaders and are are medicating or are taking medication and have felt that shame, what can you say to them? Listen, the younger generation or people that aren't in ministry, same thing for you. Don't isolate. Don't, you can't do this alone. You need to bring it to life. Anybody that has committed suicide has felt alone for a reason because they've isolated. You need to know that you need a company of brothers and sisters encouraging you. To the younger generation, you've been dealt a bad card with quarantine and COVID and, and your whole life uh, having to be, you know, uh, brought down to your room and learning how to, you know, Zoom classes and and do all this other stuff away from what you're used to doing you know what i would say is get involved in your youth group be consistent uh talk to your parents or one of them or or both whoever you trust the most and 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 have these conversations let them know hey i've had unpleasant thoughts guys we're ministering to 11 year old girls that were suicidal having demonic dreams and praying for them and 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 because 
they've communicated to their friends and their youth pastors and youth leaders and moms that we're able to now target prayer. You know what I'm saying? And so just letting you guys know that speaking and bringing to light, don't feel shame. Shame is a ploy from the enemy to get you from speaking. And you need to rebuke that game plan and just share it. Come and, and be encouraged and, and let, let us love you. We, we do love you, but you need to hear it and you need to see it. Come on. Pastor, in this season of your life, who is Jesus to you? In this season of my life, Jesus is my friend. <laughs> He's my friend, man. Jesus don't judge me. Jesus loves me. He talks with me. He cheerleads me on. And I feel his encouragement. And and he and, and and abiding with him has been probably the most meaningful thing that I'm doing in ministry right now. Is hanging out with the Lord with no agenda, not trying to get a sermon off of him, just being who I am. I'm comfortable enough to be so transparent because Jesus knows I take a pill. And I'm not here to say that that's forever. And I'm not here to say Look at me. Ha, ha, ha. No. I'm here to say that Lord loves me anyway. <laughs> and and that's who he is. He's my friend. My best friend.
www.jesusinthemorningradio.com I think I was muted, Brother Lewis. Can you hear me now, Brother Lewis? Because I had to call in from the cell phone because the other phone is dying. And uh, for some reason, that they all just went out and everything. You know how we do over here. But anyway, uh, let me know if you can hear me, Brother Lewis. Let me see if Sister Dot. Okay, good deal. I knew Sister Dot was in on it. Thank you so much. Listen, I don't want to judge this man. I don't want to condemn him. I don't want to talk down or bad about him. But all of the things that I just said I don't want to do, I'm not doing it, but the word does it. The word will judge you, the word of God. When I heard him in the beginning and he talked about how people was being delivered, you know, he casting out demons, he prayed for healing, it reminded me of many would say in that day, I cast this out, I did. And he yet had to say, depart from me, I don't know you. Because many times people come looking for God and they're serious, but the leadership is not. I heard him say some things he kept secret. One thing you got to do is bring your stuff to the open. Bring bring it on out of there because later on the devil is going to use it against you. And some have been pastors in leadership. They have been so afraid that their secret was going to be exposed. These people kill themselves when it didn't have to be like that. I don't know who ordained them as a pastor, who made them a pastor, but whoever uh, I'm going to ordain or give a license to, I'm going to know their entire lifestyle. I am going to know these people. I am not going to send no wolves out in sheep clothing because they can bring people in. You heard what he said. All of these were huge ministries. Let me tell you something. When you come to God, you must come to him. Believe in not that you, but believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You got to tell what's going on with you in testimony. And if God haven't done it yet, you got to tell the people, I believe God is going to do it for me. I won't bow down until he does it. I won't leave him until he does. I won't leave the altar until he does. I won't come out my prayer closet until he does. Whatever you want to tell him, but tell him the truth. But you know some stuff about other tricks and, and things that other pastors are doing, and you keep quiet. Of course those spirits can't go. You come from a generation of mentally ill people. It's not going nowhere because you are playing games. You're not telling it like it is. 
You're afraid of what people saying. You're on social media with all of that. It's a rare occasion you see me over on Freedom Doors or Jesus in the Morning in the group or on the page talking about a whole bunch of nothing. And, and not, 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 not. I'm going to advertise Jesus in the Morning on Facebook, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come here to show. I'm going to advertise it on Jesus in the Morning. A big, beautiful, wherever I'm advertising it at, wherever I'm promoting it at. But I'm not going back to pull this one and to pull that one and to tell all these people that's following these pages and groups, hey, y'all come over here and just be with me and y'all this and that. And I'm feeding you stuff from a book that's not the Bible. And people don't know no better because they're not seeking God for themselves. They come to church. They come to the pastor. They come to preachers to get the truth. You're not even truthful with your own self. How are you giving other people the truth? And some people have been praying for themselves, and they just happen to stumble up in your house. Because it's not God's house. It's your house. And they're seeking God right there, and God delivered them. Yeah, God healed them right there. It wasn't you. And see, that's the difference. Many people looking at these leadership folks as they are God, no ma'am and no sir. I'm a vessel today. I'm not Jesus. I'm not God. I am a vessel. And daily, I have to strive for perfection. Daily, I have to prepare for God to return because he's coming back. He's looking for the church without spot or wrinkle. I know you heard me say, if you got here, if you got the Jesus in the morning, you are some kind of blessed. You are special to God. And the reason I tell you this, you're going to hear some of the same stuff. You may get sick of it. But if you bend your ear to it and you apply it to your daily life, you're going to be the church that God coming back looking for. You hear me talk about faith all the time, trust all the time. You hear me talk about being led by the Spirit, not by yourself. And you don't hear me talk about when the devil bring all this crazy stuff to you, run to God. You don't sit there trying to deal with it. You don't sit there focused on it because he'll snatch your mind. He come to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll steal anything he can. And once he gets your mind, he's just not giving it back. All the all the good word done come forth, and folks still talking about something that's not of God. And the word come forth here every morning. What you doing with it when you get it? It just make you feel good for a moment. And see, it's like the church folks. They go to church because they're part of something. What you what the pastor preaching and teaching? Are you applying that to your everyday life? Apply this word of God to our everyday life. But folks want to be in the flesh and think they're going to do the work of God. What you're going to do is have this right here. Many would say, I cast out demons in your name. I heal the sick. Look at this. I raise the dead. But guess what he got to tell them folks that did that say they did all of that? Depart from me. I don't know you. Why God don't know them and they were doing all of this? 
they thought they were doing it in their own name, in their own power. Okay, religion teaches folks this. I can do it. You can't do it. Without God, we can do nothing. The more I heard him, I was just hurt for him. I, 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 oh, my goodness, I was so sad for him. How you a crazy pastor? Let me tell you something. I got a spiritual son. And he's been going through. But when he first started going through, and he a preacher, and nobody, the devil in hell, and nobody else can tell me God didn't call this young man to preach. But listen to me, found out he was having some issues. He put the ministry, he put the minister down. I want y'all to hear me good. He sat that minister over there in a seat to be taught. Now he didn't. He didn't bear it. He 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 didn't get up and say, "Well, I'm still the preacher." Because see, some things is according to knowledge. Of course, he know the word. He could have preached from what he knew in the word, but he wasn't gonna play with God. He sat down, set himself down. Ha! Glory to your God. And when God get through with him, he waited and waited patiently. Waited patiently for God to come and do whatever it is. Now, if he goes and get him some medical help, I don't have a thing to say to him. But get what you need so that you can get balanced, so that God can finish that good thing that he began to do in you. But before a lot of them will admit they rather covered up, and that's what he did, and that's why he in bad shape still, He's still messed up and still trying to have church. See, I believe like this, and I could be wrong, y'all, but y'all pray for me here. When God called me to the field of evangelism and he sent me out, I was healed. Did y'all hear me? When God sent me out, I was already healed. A past craziness. I just want you to hear me. He didn't send me out and then he healed me. Uh-uh. He healed me, then sent me out. Now, there are some things that he's still healing in me today. But what he's healing in me is personal and it won't But that right there, mental health, it will affect the people. I mean, I heard the oil flow down. I'm going to lay my hands on you and I'm crazy. You're going to be crazy too. That's why we careful where we go. We careful what we hear. We careful who we deal with. I mean, no spirits leap and jump. So intercessors, I want y'all to help me to pray for him, that God will fully deliver this man and heal him. And that he would get a mind not to step off into no pulpit, into no Bible study teaching, or none of that until he is healed. What are you doing? All of this is according to the world. The way he was talking, that's according to the ways of the world. Because, see, the church is trying to appeal to the world. No, I, I, don't, I don't need the church. Well, I'm going to put it this way. I don't need freedom doors to appeal to the world. I need the world to appeal to Jesus. 
I need the world to come to him. Yeah. He's the Savior, and he want to save. But a lot of times we stand in the way. And unless he draw you, we can't come. You hear me all the time talk about the old past. Go back and take a look around. Good morning, Apostle. God bless you this morning. Good to see you. Listen, we need to go back to the old path as often as we can and take a look around because these people are tricking folks. And see, educated folks, listen to this. I had one daughter that tell me, yes, yeah, because uh, when you do it like that, people are under, let me tell you something. Everything I do is not for everybody. What I've got going on is for those who seek in God. What I have going on is for those who truly, really, and truly, again, want God. If you don't want God, no, ma'am, you won't understand nothing over here. It's best you go on because you sure be crazy. You won't understand nothing that's going on over here. Because you come for something else. You didn't come for God. You didn't come to get the wisdom and the knowledge truly raw of God. Ain't nothing nobody from the seminary taught me. Ain't nothing. The books brought What? This is hot off the press, direct from heaven. Raw, fresh. Right now, God is speaking. If you're confused over here, you're in the wrong place. I want to recommend you find somewhere that you're not. Because this is not for the faint at heart. This is not for those who seeking some kind of scholar. I, I don't know what you're seeking. But this is for those that are diligently seeking God because they don't want to be rewarded by man. They want to be rewarded by God. Those of us that come to him, we must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We're not seeking the pastor. Too many people put hope in man. I found out they needed to, they needed to have a preacher. They, they can't hear. Why? They ain't got no preacher. And how can he preach unless God's sinning? And see, some of these folks, God's not sinning. Other pastors are sinning. <laughs> Because he can pull some folks in. He can help build my ministry. And then I lie on God and say, oh, God used him. God did that. God had that. That wasn't God. That was your flesh. And because you got 1,200 members out of the deal, you think that was God. But how many know the devil moved to? How many know the devil give gifts? I didn't say good gifts. I said the devil give gifts. But any preacher, any pastor, before you step out there, God going to hear you if you got an ear to hear him. Now, if you going to only hear your flesh because the spotlight looks so good and you want to be in the spotlight and you won't follow us, you're going to fall. Might end up killing yourself. Somebody may end up killing you. When I first came out the box, I told the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and been telling it ever since. Nothing. Whatever go on, I tell y'all about it. Yeah. I'll keep nothing back, because that devil going to use it against you later on. 
And when that devil uses it against you, you'll never be able to clean that up, fix it up, put it back in the right perspective. If that, then it's gone. Because for one thing, you're not seeking God. If you got to lie and hide or manipulate without telling the truth, you're not telling the truth, but you're not lying either. That's an if or maybe. That ain't God. And no maybe with him. Either it is or it's not. It's up or down, over or under, yes or no, right or wrong with God. It ain't no manipulation. The God of today, to these people, not our God, we're loving and serving and believing and trusting and obeying the true and living God that have all power. Jehovah, there's no higher power. But these people, they're serving some other thing. And it's not the same God that we have. It's not the same God that's teaching them to be ye holy for I am holy. It's not that God. It's not the same God that's teaching women modest apparel like Apostle Paul left in the word for us, in the map, in the book. Yeah. We we, we we just doing whatever we want to do. We we don't come subject to no higher power. I don't care who it is. It's my thing. I'm going to do what I want to do. This how I want to do it. I like it this way. Anybody consider God? Anybody ever think about what Jesus think about what you're doing? Think he woke him up this morning, and it's all right. He must be pleased with me. He ain't killed me yet. He's not killing. Even you killing yourself. Your deeds will destroy you. And when you let the enemy in with you, he destroys you. Back in the day, way back in the day, as they say, when Jesus would see men sin, he would wink at them. But in 2022, he commands everybody to repent. And the only way you can truly repent to God, you got to truly know him and truly be godly sorry in your heart. You 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 so hurt over what you've done. Cause see, if it don't convict you, the word ain't right. If it don't convict, if God's word does not convict you, something is wrong. It comes to convict to keep us straight with him. We human. We flesh and blood. There's no good thing in us. All we really deserved was death. He said today, even our righteousness is as filthy rags. The God of today. We're still talking about him. The God of today. Boy, they can do in and everything, and he and everybody going back with him when he come and uh they just growing and growing and growing, and it just gets better and better. And they want more of more houses on the hill with the dog named Fluffy. Uh, they want more uh, Mercedes. They want more luxury cars. They want more money. Uh, they want power. They want to be the big thing. You know, put it on me. Put the light on me. I'm in the limelight all the time. But if I put anybody in the limelight this morning, Brother Louis, it's going to be Almighty God that got all power. If I put anybody on the pedestal this morning, it's going to be Jesus, the Son of God. 
If I lift anything up this morning, it's going to be Jesus. I'm lifting up the name of Jesus. That's what I'm doing. I can't lift Barbara up. Lord, I can't let you lift me up. I can't let nobody else lift me up. And I know some folks here that truly love me, but I can't let you lift me up. He said this. I wasn't there when he inspired man to write it, but I truly believe it. He said, Louis, now he said, if he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. And unless he's drawing, we, drawing, we can't come to him. I don't care what title is behind your name. If God didn't draw you, it's going to soon show up. may take a few years, but you're coming out. And everybody's going to see you got a hole in your underwear. Everybody going to see your slip hanging. Everybody going to see what's truly wrong with you because God did not draw you. You drew yourself. He allowed it because he won't come against your will. That's what you wanted to do. Some might desire an office of pastor, office of deacon, or office of evangelist. You might desire these offices, but you need to seek God and make sure this is, Lord, I want this, and God, I need you to give it to me, and Lord, remind me that you will be the one that leads in this. But my prayer would be what you called me to, what you chose me for. That's what I want to do. Because you ain't going to have no sorrow in it. It won't make you cry. I know he chose me to be an evangelist. And I don't have no problem because I put it out there. Social media can have it. Think what you want of me. And if I don't have not one follower, I plan to obey God. Do you hear me today? If I can let go eight biological children, you don't think I can let go ministry, folks? I can let go. I'm running this race unto him, not unto people. I wake up every morning to come here to obey God, not to obey Barbara. Because if I was going to obey Barbara, I wouldn't when, uh, on a, the thing go off. <laughs> that they call the alarm, I just turn over and keep snowing. Keep right on sleeping. But he chose me for something. He called me to something. And I know I come to do the will of him that sent me today. And he sent me to tell you the truth. But and see, these folks so used to all this stuff, that's how they come. Come seeking man. They don't seek God. They come seeking you. And they come to hear from you every morning. And if something just happened to strike their fancy and they feel good about it, amen. And folks love a word from God. They love that thing they call prophecy. They love the prophet. Baby, the prophet can get their shirt off their back. The prophet can get their house note money, their car note money, their insurance money. Oh, the prophet can get everything. See, the Lord showed me, the Lord warned me about different things. I done seen them come. Honey, they'll take me to the end of the moon. You know what I'm saying? They'll take me to the end of the world. Feed me anything I want because they know I like food. I'm like brown. Corey, them mans just know you like lunch. <laughs> Barbara, they know you like a good meal. Send some meal for me. What's your favorite place? 
put money in my pocket as long as they get to hear what they want to hear, what they feel is beneficial to them. I'm just telling you the truth now by man today. God in today's world, how they view God in today's world, he is a puppet. He's a ATM. He's a puppet. Uh, he's a house on the hill with a dog named Fluffy. He's a new car. Uh, all of this. He he's a God know my heart. He's he's all of that to them. So this is how they do. These are the things they 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 are doing. You hear so many say, "Don't judge me. God know my heart." They don't even know what they say. Ooh. Because God not only know your heart, listen, he knows the very intent of it. He knows your motive. He knows what's in your heart. And he knows it's not right. And if you got to keep going to the altar every Sunday for the same thing, something wrong. And it's nothing wrong with God. It's something wrong with you. He said, keep that faith. He said to believe that he is a rewarder of them that this keto diligently. We leave that part out. But we're not seeking him every day with our whole heart all day as often as we can remember. No, we're seeking some other stuff. And we can't let nobody know we do this. We can't let nobody know we do that. We can't let nobody know we're thinking this way over here. Because if we do, we won't have no followers. I tell you the whole truth and, and nothing but the truth. A sister sent me something last last evening. <laughs> and I was just so shocked. <laughs> when I saw it, I just laughed and screamed. Oh, my goodness, I had just the laugh of my life. And I was wrong for that. I was wrong. So I had to repent. And then she called me, and when she called me and I heard her voice, it got too tickled because of what she had sent me. I had to repent of that, repent of that. See, because his eyes are in every place. He's beholding the evil and the good. Some days people call me, and the things they tell me, I wanted just a gush of tears. Just want to come out my eyes. All of this I brought every morning, and you come every morning, and you didn't understand or you didn't receive God in this, but you received him in that, which going to benefit your flesh, but that which is going to grow your spirit, you won't receive it. I was hurt. I was wounded. I'm just telling you. I'm like, my goodness, because I want to work. I want to do what nobody else would do. Yeah. All right. I'll see you 90426. I'm bringing you in right now. Good morning. God bless you, sir. How are you? Wait. Did you mean to press that number one? Oh, yeah, that's time. Who did that? Okay, he didn't mean to press that number one, y'all. He talking to somebody. He must have touched it by mistake. But listen, we got to get this thing right with God, not with us. 
city church members, we got to have real genuine love in our heart. And how many know sometimes love does hurt? Because sometimes you got to tell the truth where you know you're going to be condemned. You got to tell the truth where these people will turn their back on you. They don't want to see you no more. You loving the folks and they care nothing about you. It's a lot into this, but you led by the spirit of God. No cross, no crown. If I don't suffer with him, I can't reign with it. If I don't suffer for him, I'm not going through this for me. I'm going through this on his behalf because this is what pleases him. These are the things he can accept. God is faithful. But if you're going to step out in leadership, before you step out, pray and ask God to heal you. Lord, don't let me be out here without a sound mind and without love and without your power. Don't let me do it, God. I don't want to lead your people straight. And I don't want to be out here with all of this, and you got to tell me, I don't know you. Depart from me. I don't know you. And if he says, depart from me, you're going to go from him. Oh, yeah, I know when Sally told you to leave her house, you didn't leave. You're the man over there, and you do it like you want, because Sally's scared of you. <laughs> and she's even afraid to call the police to have you removed from her property. But when God says, depart from me, you, you, you're gone. You're going to depart from him. He's going to say, I don't know you, you worker of iniquity. Because what you did was to draw people in to you and your empire. It wasn't to draw them in so that they could be saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, and trained how to obey me and walk in my word and do what I would have them to do, what I chose them, what I called them for. Because see, some are called, uh, uh, many, he said, are called, but uh, only a few are chosen. And when I tell you they're going to these different schools and they're switching it up and adding their own spin, and, and this means this over here, and nobody's watching the time. Don't you see? Don't you see? Rulers of the darkness, wickedness in high places. You don't see that today? But we overlook all of that and just keep right on skipping along. And another thing today, we'll use our childhood excuses. See, you don't understand, Sister Barbara, when I, I heard what he said. When I was a boy, when I was a girl, any man be in Christ, I'm telling you the truth this morning, he is a new creature. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Where's your mind today? What is your mind on? What is your mind on today? What is the true desire of your heart today? Because we see TV. We see all the luxury and this and that. If you look out in the world today and look in the church, the so-called church, I must say, everybody in there with the long weeds. It used to be white women had these kind of hairstyles. 
Now, black women everywhere, and when I look at one, I have to do a double take because they all looking alike. Clones, robots, they all got the eyelashes. Just done beat the horse to death. He can't even see no more. You done took all his lashes. The fake breasts, the fake rear end, they just got the fake lips, the fake cheeks, and oh my goodness. I, I didn't say in the world, I said in the so called church buildings. In the church, they say. They say they in Jesus and he in them. But he's looking for a real person. They can say what they want about my nappy hat. It's real and it's mine. Say what they want about my nails. You need to have them manicured. Say what you want. These my nails. I wear nobody else's on. Press on don't need don't need me and I don't need them. Yeah. And see, we pay none of this no attention. It's more church folks running to the house store than I know what to do. No one of them Asians rich because we make them rich in our communities because they got house stores everywhere in the in the in the hood in the black community. I'm gonna call it liquor stores, house stores, churches. We got all of that everywhere. And why wouldn't I go to church if I could leave and do the same thing I've been doing? What's going to keep me from church on Sunday? When I leave there, me and Big Jim can go and lay up much as we want to. Why would, hey, I can move in with Big Jim or he can move in with me. We playing husband and wife. We playing house. And he said, hey, Wednesday, so it's not, I, I, I can't do it Wednesday night. You know, that's my Bible study night. Well, what you studying in the Bible? <laughs> Help me today, God. What are you studying in the Bible? The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. If you make it come alive to you, you're going over there out of habit. You're going over there because you, be, you, you want to be a part of something. Because if you truly in that word and you letting that word hide in your heart that you might not sin against God, you're going to apply God's word to your everyday life. Don't you know some hard things done come my way? Don't you know people done did me dirty? And you would never know it because I yet got to love them. Why? He said, love your enemy. Have mercy, Jesus. Have mercy on me, Lord. Please have mercy on my enemy. Don't you know that? Keep right on going in him. I heard the man say this morning he was weak. Yeah, we are weak. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And we'll fall prey to man right now. Oh, they, see, I got to do it this way because they don't talk about me. Oh, I got to do it. Now, I, I'm not doing it that way because God see it and it's wrong. Because the first one without sin cast the first stone. I don't care what you think. If I was going to smoke marijuana, I'd just smoke it out in the public. Who are you? I don't smoke marijuana because it does not please God. It's not the smoke he want to inhale. It's not the smoke he want to accept. It's not the sacrifice he can receive. So I don't smoke marijuana. I can have a drink of wine for my stomach's sake. 
I can have a drink of wine with my dinner. I'm not having the whole bottle to get drunk, not because of you, but because he said, drink wherein is not excess. Yeah. My motive shouldn't be drinking to get drunk, because if I got to be drunk, something is missing in me. Something is wrong if I can't be sober all the time. And when I go to dinner or have dinner at my house and I have me a glass of wine because it tastes good, I, I don't buy this any old kind. Man. I buy me some good wine. Oof, mm, that taste is wonderful. It's just like I would have sweet pea or Kool-Aid. It go, it, it, the flavors match with the beef. It matches with the food I'm going to eat. I'm not drinking it to get high. I'm drinking it because it tastes good with the meal that I'm having. Some of upset a little bit, can't get right, get you a little bit of the wine. I didn't say the whole bottle, I didn't say a whole glass. It'll straighten out some of that real wine, Will. Drink where red is not excess. See, we, we got some things backwards. And sometimes it comes from way down in the lineage, back down there the way they saw it. And the way they taught us. They did the very best they can, but today we should be more wise. We should be more educated. He said this, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I, I want us to understand we new people if he's in us. But what I see, and folks say he in them, but when I look at them, I don't see Christ. I don't see Jesus. I see their flesh. And many times they tell us, well, I won't say it's us, but they'll tell me, yeah, I love it. I got it. I've been had it for 35 years. But look here. Where is he in your life? You got him, but where is he? Because I don't see him. All your actions show me you. It don't show me Jesus. It don't show me God. Because the two are one. It don't show me the kingdom of God. It show me you. And like I say, I, whatever you tell me, I believe it. I go right on with you. But I know better. He taught us to watch as well as pray. And sometimes people think you gullible. They, they think, as Judge Master said, they think you lame to the game. No, I'm not lame in any kind of way. And the Spirit showed me things. But guess what? If he said, don't say nothing, I don't say nothing because he got there. Just like he got me. And he's going to take good care of me. Because what they're doing or, or what these people got going on with, the, with their God of today, because he's not our God. He's the world God of today, and these folks say they're the church folks, and they're following him. What they got going on is not what we have going on. Listen, we're going to eat the good of the land. We're going to have a roof over our head. It's right that we get sick. And if we do, he's going to heal. Yeah. Oh, I look at, oh, I can tell y'all some things. I look at some things and I see how God keeps me. It's him that's keeping me. Not against my will. I want to be kept by him. I can't keep myself. I tried that. I come from that religious church over there. I tried to keep me, but I couldn't. 
Oh, but he's a keeper. He keeps me from getting angry. He keeps me from if I become angry, I don't see it. It's him, but without him, I can do nothing. I know y'all don't believe it, and I know you think you got control, and you're looking at Job, and you're looking at John, and you're looking at this one, and Abraham, and what they did. Look here. Without God, Barbara can't do it. And I hope you come to the realization, too. Without God, you can do nothing. I tell you what I can do, praise him. I can glorify him. I can lift him up and he'll drop. I can worship him in spirit and in truth with my whole heart. Oh, I believe his word today. Oh, these are things that I can do. But the, the, the God of today, of the world, He's a different kind of God than the God we know. I know a different kind of God. This God has said what he meant, and he meant what he said. He's not a lying God, so what he said about be ye holy, for I am holy, he's not taking that back. He's not going to say, oh, she's having a few problems. I'm going to overlook that. When we come to God, He's a forgiving, kind, merciful, and gracious God and loving God. He forgive us for anything we done did. He done gave you for dope shooting, dope smoking, dope snorting, dope selling, prostitution, lying, cheating, stealing, uh, 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 fornication, adultery, murder, rape, molestation, child molesting, anything you've ever done in your life. I, I, I couldn't even name them all. When we first come to him, and we tell him what we believe, and we ask him to forgive us, he forgive us. But he's not expecting to continue to forgive us because we're not trying. We're not trying to stop this stuff we're doing. We're making excuses for it, but we're not trying. I'm talking about the, 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 the world with the God of today. Folks say, I'm thinking they faith back going to that building, but they're not changing. Well, I take that back. They're changing, but changing for the worse because they're changing to leave God the more. He said this, the world would become wickeder and wiser, and it has. And many think, you know, they feel free until they crave because they think, I can do this, and I can do that, and God's still on my side. And he, he, he is, and he still loves you, but he wants you to get it right. He wants you to come unto him. Because if we're not living right before God, we're burdening heavy laden. We still battling our own battle. Never to win. Or it appear to get better sometime. You have one or two smooth days, but guess what? It come back more aggressive the next time because each time it comes, it's bringing something else with it. Let's not be bamboozled and tricked and fooled by these today preachers of God and look around. And let's not let food teach us about God and his word. I want you to allow God to teach you about his word 
and about his ways. I, I, I often give this example. I gave it the other day. If I write a letter to Boatwright and a Louis come back and say, hey, Brother Louis, you know Barbara. You, you've been knowing her quite a while. Uh, you know her pattern. You you know what she like and what she don't like. You y'all like the same kind of music mostly. So look here, Louis. She wrote me this letter and I don't understand it. Read it and see if you know what it says. Well, Louis read the letter and said, No, I don't quite understand this either. He says, But you know what? Barbara wrote it. I got a phone number. Let's call her. Phone rang, I pick up, hello, Louis, hey, it's Brother Louis. I got a pasta boat right here. You you wrote her a letter and uh she don't understand it. I read it, I don't understand it. What 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 can you explain this letter to her? Yes, sir, I can. Why I can explain that letter to boat right because I wrote it. I know what I meant in the message. She took it to Louis. Louis couldn't interpret it. Why? He didn't write it. <laughs> he tried. He looked at it and he studied it for a minute to see if he could, but he couldn't. But when they called me, I gave him the right message. I explained it all to him, down to the last letter. But we don't want God to teach us. We don't want to come home from church and go in that secret closet and pray. We don't want to come from Bible study and meditate all the next day on what Pastor brought in the in the Bible study. Teach me your way, Lord. I want your way. I don't want the pastor way. I don't want the church way. What they call that thing? Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, protocol way. You know, them church ways, because folks know how to act in church if they've been going long enough. God, I want your way. I want your understanding. And, Father, help me to apply your word to my everyday life. Don't let me be a Sunday daughter. Don't let me be a Wednesday daughter, a Friday daughter, Saturday choir rehearsal daughter. Monday night usher boy meeting daughter. Now, God, I want to be your daughter every day. I want to do what pleases you every day. Father, without you, I can do nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Without him, we can do nothing. And now with somebody so good. It's on fire. Oh.
Oh, no. God loves everybody. He loves me. I'm crazy, but he loves me. Well, if you if he loves you, when are you going to love him so he can heal you? See, it's all about his love for us. We don't consider having love for him. We don't consider him at all. We just do what we want to do in all these words. No. Love is what love really does. Listen, if I love you, I ought to say something sometimes. Pray for you at least. If I see you doing something over there, I may not be in constant contact with you because I work, but if I see you doing something, you don't post it to Facebook, if at all in my grip, I want to help you do it. I used to bring people to the show to tell all about what they was doing. Nobody wasn't interested in that stuff. A lot of it, they wasn't. Because sometimes when you went from what they told you it was, it was a whole other thing. Today we got to love God and prove it to him. It can be it, it cannot be taught. It cannot be taught. It's got to be genuine. Let let's get out the world God and get in the true and living God Jehovah. Let's get a world back there, God. And let's come to the real God. Yeah. The God that in the beginning he created the heaven and the earth. I want to go to this one, too. I got to read this. Listen. It says in, in uh, Acts, y'all forget, yeah, Acts chapter 7. Well, I'm going to just start that. It, it shouldn't take very long. Y'all stay awake and if you can, because I know a lot of people probably have slept on it, and that's why they didn't get the gist of the thing. And uh, they don't understand because it was sleep when I was bringing forth what he said. And it's all right. But listen, Acts chapter 7, he's talking here. He says, judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Whatever we do with people is coming up again. If I'm kind to you, somebody's going to be kind to me. If I don't judge you, nobody will judge me. If I give to you, somebody going to give to me. You understand? Verse 3 says, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considers not the beam that is in thine own eye? Help me, Lord. I don't want to look over there and get the, the beam, the mote out of Louis' eye. Hold on, Louis, let me clean this out because you got to. And I got a whole tree stuck up in my other eye. <laughs> I ain't got but one eye. Louis is better than me, but I'm over there trying to get something out of his eye. But I got a whole tree, the trunk and all stuck up in my eye. Yeah. Verse 4 says, Oh, how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the most out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. I'm going to help you get that out your eye, and I got something in mind. Thou hypocrite, verse 5, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Look, 
So I know as before I come to God, I knew I had some issues. I knew I had the gift. I had the gift of love. I, I knew these things. Yes, I knew because I knew it was something strange about me. But when I did these things, it made me feel so good. But I couldn't come doing it in the name of the church because I know I wasn't living right unto God. Now, when I fully came to him, went to the altar with him and said, I do. Come into my heart and live forever. I want to be yours forever. Guess what? Healing started then because he immediately took me to the Word. I began to pray because I needed to understand the Word. He began to bless me. Of thine eye, and then shalt thou see clearly how to take the moat, you know, at your brother's eye. Verse 6 says, Give that which is, give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trumpet them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Yeah, because you, you're trying to help these people. And they will turn around, turn against you, and hurt you. Don't do it. Be careful. Be led. Talking about the God of today. Our God is the same. He was that way yesterday. He's that way today. He'll be that way forevermore. Listen at seven. Asking it shall be given you. Seeking you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. Verse 8 says, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be open. You're not telling me you're seeking God and you're still taking mental health. Then go ahead on with all that. Stop it. You're lying to yourself. He said, Asking it will be given. Seeking you'll find. Knocking the door come open unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. Now that's his word, that's not mine. So somewhere in there's something you're not doing, because he's not a lying God. You're not diligently seeking him, I can tell you that, because he's going to reward you if you do. Verse 8 says, oh, what, shall, what, what man is there of you whom, if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Well, I used to tell my dad, some dad, I'm hungry. He ain't come up with no brick. So, hey, baby, that's a good shop right there. Let's stop over there and get a little sandwich for you. Let me stop in the store and get you a bag of chips and a drink. Will that hold you until we get home? He ain't giving no stone. He gave me what I needed, something to eat. Or if he asked a fish, will he give him his surface? I came to ask some of my daddy. He didn't give me... Nothing to hurt me, he gave me what I asked for, or as close to it as he could. I'm just using my daddy, but my mom, too. Eleven says, if ye then been evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. Wait a minute, shout. Oh, it just slipped right back over there to uh, something else. Hold on one minute. I got to go back and get it. We on eleven. If ye then, men evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. 
How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Are you really asking for good things? Are you really seeking God for that which is good? Because he told us to do good. Are you seeking him for a clean heart? Are you seeking him daily to renew the right spirit within you? Are you seeking him, asking, Lord, help me to keep my mind on you? It's you that's going to keep me in perfect peace. Lord, help me to get it right with you. Help me to walk in the light, your light. Well, says, therefore, all things whosoever, whatsoever ye would, that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Yeah. Therefore, all things, whatever being done, and you do good to avoid it, somebody. Don't 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 come expecting to get 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 and never consider blessing them. It'll be all right. Thirteen. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. You hear me? Yeah, that road is crowded. They. All of them going down, and it's a wide road. Sometimes it's so crowded, they bumping into each other. But straight is that gate that leads to God. And it's not a whole lot of people on that road. Please believe me. 14 says, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Ooh, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for drawing me. 15 says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raven wolves. Do you hear that? Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raven wolves. Talking about the church now. We talking about the house of prayer, the true church of God. I ain't talking about out there with the God of the day. I'm, I'm off of them. I'm talking about us now. Beware. 16 says, you should know them by their fruit. Wait a minute. You should know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? 17 says, even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Now look, when the man started off, I think he wanted to do what was right, but he got connected to evil. These he, he, he other corrupted folks, and it brought forth evil fruit of him because he didn't tell what he knew. He kept it hidden. Eighteen says, "A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit." Thank you, Lord. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Do you hear this? Do you hear this today? Matthew chapter 7. We want to go there as often as we can. Because this is going to help us. 19 says, every tree that's bringing not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I can be out here playing these games if I want to. One way or another, that devil going to snatch the cover off me. And what I'm used to talking about and who I thought I was and they said oh, all that's going down. It won't no longer be up. Uh, Folks are coming to talk about it, and other folks are joining in. It, 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 it's cut down. It's no longer. And cast into the fire. Nobody won't, 10 years from now, nobody won't remember Jesus in the morning of freedom door. 
I didn't come out here right. I didn't start right. It can't end right. In verse 20 says, wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. 21 says, now everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. I'm going to say that again. Not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. 22 says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have not have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name has cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? See, but it was in that name. It was in his name. That's I believe that's what made it work for the people. And that person was someone God could use. He made him for his pleasure. Why couldn't he use it? But it don't mean he belonged to God. Just because because somebody prophesied to you, it don't mean they belong to God. The gift came without repentance. I told you I was born with this. Before I came to God in the fullness, I already had the gift. I could see things. And what I saw came to pass. So that's, therefore, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. 25, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. 26 says, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. Verse 27 says, And the rain descended, and the flood came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. <clears throat> Did you hear that? Did you hear it? We got to build our, our foundation in Jesus. We got to build our foundation in the solid rock. 28 says, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, people were astonished at his doctrine. 29 says, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Yeah. We need that real deal. We, need, we want the real thing. We want the truth of God. We want the real word of God. We want to apply all of this to our everyday life and live this life unto God. And stop living unto our flesh and what we think. Stop chasing behind the big churches. Yeah. Let's chase behind God. And he will lead us to the right place. So see, we want the truth. <clears throat> Some people go been going to this church for years. Thank you, Brother Lewis Scribe. <laughs> They've been going to this church for years. Something happened. They can't go to that church and ask for nothing. They can't go to the pastor because he's preaching and teaching in a way where they won't ask for nothing. Because the empire got to be built. See, what's happening with the empire is the empire needs money to continue to run, to continue to make more money. 
and I put ATMs in the church. You know that's the devil. And he said the love of money is the root of all evil. No ATM and no church. That's so when people say they don't have change. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. And we go along with a lot of stuff. I know a lot of elders and mothers and, and deacons wanted to leave the church because it had changed. And they wouldn't leave because they had been there so long. I tried that. I was at this ministry. God threw me out of that. I raised my children in that ministry. But God told me all of us had to leave. All nine of us had to leave that ministry. I told my children they didn't believe me. But ask me today how many go over there, not a one. Been left there. We had to. God used us for a season, and when it got to the point of where it turned from God, he sent us out of there because our heart was for him. Our heart wasn't to grow no ministry. Now, our heart was for this. And lift him up so he could draw, and we witnessed to others of his goodness. But we weren't trying to build in no number. God got us away from that foolishness. And I was, oh, and I'm glad. I'm so glad he did. Huh? There ain't nothing fake about it. I'm real. I'm, I am just who I am. Plain and simple, down to earth, everyday people. I see it, I tell it like I see it, and I'm done. Hey, glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, the studio is open this morning. If there's anyone have something they would like to say, please feel free to press that number one today and uh, come on in, and uh, we're more than happy to hear what you have to say today. I love that Matthew chapter 7. It will bless your soul. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right, while you're making up your mind and decide if you want to say something this morning, I'm going to the Lewis Sherry song. <laughs>
just the radio. This is Jesus in the Morning Radio, spreading the good news of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If there anyone have something they would like to say this morning, if not, I will pray us out, and uh, we pray the Lord bring us back. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. I'm grateful unto him today. Thank him for his word, not mine, but his. And we need to investigate the word of God much more and apply that investigation that God give us to our everyday life. And it's already all right in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So I'm grateful. So let's pray again. We pray to come back tomorrow morning uh, in Jesus' name. Listen, I was asking for uh, 250. I'm down to 225. <laughs> 225, and we'll be good. But listen, let's pray. And uh, we pray the Lord bring us, um, thank you, Lord, back again. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for all that has been said and done. Thank you for your word today, for your word is a lamp unto our feet. Father, it's a light unto our path. And forever, oh God, that word is settled in heaven. Sanctify us today through your word. Set us aside today through your word, oh God. Make us whole in you. Heal us this morning. Father, heal our mind. Heal our hearts. Oh, heal us today. Give us a total healing in the name of Jesus. And, Father, let this mind be in us today that was also in your son, Christ Jesus. He wanted to obey your father. He wanted to do your will and help us to be willing to do your will at any cost. Help us to do what's pleasing and acceptable unto you. Father, you give us a choice. You gave us a will. And if we want to, we can do anything that we really want to do. And if we want to do what's pleasing and acceptable unto you, we can. If we want to put sin out of our lives, we can, oh God. You're right there to help us all the way. But it all starts with a well-made-up mind. Help us today, Father, and help us to remember without you, we can do nothing. Hallelujah. We must come to you for everything and help us to remember we diligently seek you. You're going to reward us. Father, we ask all of this this morning in the name of Jesus. Bless every caller and every listener. And, Lord, don't let not a word of this fall on a deaf ear. Lord, don't let the weeds choke it out of them. For God, help them this it to stir up in them that, Lord, they will want to do what you want them to do because all it's going to do is to bless. It's going to keep us safe and bless us all if we are obeyed. Again, we ask it in Jesus' name. Bless our going out this morning. Father, our coming in, meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Father, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another. In the name of Jesus, go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves that you're forgiven. Have a blessed day. I seek the blessings of Almighty God upon you today. July the 27th, 2022. In Jesus' name. 
So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye and have a blessed day. Song of the morning. After the song, I won't be coming back today. Hallelujah. I go to phone. We knew it. We knew it. We knew it. Everybody's there.